In this podcast, I'll explain one of my favorite exercises that can be done at a basic or advanced level. I call it the grid, and it can improve communication, seat connection, engagement, balance, timing, feel. I could go on and on. So I think you'll love playing with this. So here we go. Episode 107, The Grid Exercise. I'm Karen Rolfe, and welcome to Horse Training in Harmony. This podcast is about you making progress with your horse in a way that you both can love. It's about learning how to move and be in harmony. Because yes, you really can develop a horse to be both athletic and happy. When we show up as our best selves for our horses, our horses will show up for us. So let's get started. In this episode, I wanted to give you something that you could go out and try and do with your horse right away. So I'm going to tell you about one of my absolutely favorite exercises. I do this with my own horses of all different levels, and I do it with my students, and I call it the grid. So this is actually straight out of my book, Dressage Naturally Results in Harmony. And if you have the book, you can find it on page 151. Uh, Those of you who are in my Upward Spiral of Successful Gymnastics program, uh, you've seen this. It's in the modules. And if you've been in a clinic with me, you may have experienced this. So I thought I'd just start... Um, start this episode by just reading (laughs) story time with Karen. (laughs) I'll just read it out of the book. And then um, I'll talk about it some more. Uh, So this is exercise 57. Again, it's on page 151. And it's called the grid. So go in an arena and divide the space into a grid. So if you're in a dressage arena, imagine lines drawn across the arena connecting letters on the opposite sides. And also do this for the length as well as the width of the arena. Include center line and quarter lines. So the space should now look like a grid of lines meeting at right angles. And imagine at every intersection there are choices you can make. Every intersection, you could continue straight, you could stop, you could back up, you could turn right, you could turn left, you could turn by doing a, um, a forehand yield to get to, around the corner, you could go do a forehand yield to the right, or you could do a forehand yield to the left, kind of a square turn sort of thing. You could even yield the haunches to the right or the left in order to turn. And at any at many of the intersections, you could also transition to another gate. So think of being on this grid and practice doing one of those possible choices until you're sure your horse is anticipating it. So, for example, you're going to say, all right, every corner I'm going to do a forehand yield to the right So you'll be going around the grid making right-hand turns. And you want to practice doing those possibilities, doing one of those possibilities, until you're sure your horse is anticipating it. And then once your horse is anticipating it, 
then switch and do the other one. So you go around and at every intersection you go, oh, we're going to turn right with a forehand yield. Oh, we're going to turn right with a forehand yield. And then pretty soon you'll feel your horse going, hey, I'll bet you we're going to do a forehand yield to the right. And you go, thank you so much. That's awesome. Now let's practice doing them to the left. So once you and your horse have taken the time to set that up and you're able to, um, your horse, <laughs> see, I tried to just read, but I can't read without editing it. So now I got to get back to the reading again. Anyway, so when you and your horse are good at a few of those choices, then you can begin to alternate them. And in part three of my book, in the essays for success, um, there's one about anticipation and how to use anticipation to achieve high responsiveness. But you approach, so now let's say you've been doing, you started out doing forehand yields to the right to get around the corner. Then they started anticipating that. Great. So then you're like, okay, now I'm going to do them to the left. And every every intersection, you do a forehand yield to the left to get around the corner. So now your horse should be like, okay, I wonder which one I'm going to do. And you'll get to a place where your horse comes up to the intersection and they ask a little question. They get themselves in the middle and they're kind of like, okay, which one am I going to do? And you want to make sure that as you approach the intersection, you come to attention to let the horse know that you're about to ask for something. And the idea is that your horse will need to be very alert to be ready for any one of those possibilities. So be aware if you get the feeling that your horse is asking you a question as you approach the intersection. So you get closer to the intersection, you come to attention, your horse is like, okay, I'm ready for, I don't know which one it is. That's actually the the gold. So there's a posture associated with a horse asking that question of like, Ooh, what, which, which one are we going to do? <laughs> and it's a posture of athletic readiness. So think of the tennis player that's waiting to return a serve a tennis player that's equally balanced to return a ball coming to him with his forehand or his backhand. That's the athletic posture. He's not committed to one or the other. He's in the middle. So this exercise you could do with a bridle. You could do a bridle list. You could do it in connection with the reins. You could do it totally um, without using your reins. And you can be clever in your choices and do this exercise in a way that not only puts his mind in an athletic balance, but also his body. So for example, if your horse tends to be more prepared to turn left, (laughs) then you want to spend more time turning right until he changes his balance to be more prepared to turn right. For example, if I was the coach of a tennis player and I saw my student always being more ready to return a, something with his forehand than his backhand, I would send him lots of balls to his backhand <laughs> until he, he got a little more ready to go that way. And then if he was always expecting the backhand, then I would send them to his forehand until he would really find the, that athletic middle. So you can do the same for your horse. By simply choosing what to ask your horse for, you can create more physical balance as well as a keen attentiveness to your aids and your signals. 
Okay, so simple exercise. So in the book, that's how I explain it. And I really am focusing on um, on the building up, using consistency to build up the anticipation, and then using some variety to balance out so it doesn't turn into assumption. Oh, I know, she always turns left when she gets to the corner, or she always stops and backs up when she gets to the corner, or she always, you know, fill in the blank. So one way to use this grid exercise is to really think about your choices. And can you play with them with the mind so that they start to anticipate what's about to happen when they anticipate it, then they'll start to help you with it. Oh, I know, we're going to be stopping and backing up when we get to the intersection. So I'm going to start getting myself ready. That's what you want your horse to be saying. And then from that ready to back up posture, then you can start going, okay, I feel my horse is ready to back up. Now I'll play with doing transitions up a gate when I get to the intersection. So imagine your horse coming in, getting ready to back up and getting ready to go up a gate at the same time. So one way to use the grid, again, is to really focus on the intersections in that way and you're playing with it to try to um, achieve this athletic, mental, emotional, physical state. And that's really an amazing thing to experience. So I think I need to paint just a little bit more of a picture of what this is actually going to look like. So um, imagine you're heading out to your arena. This is works the best if it's a freshly groomed arena or if it's just rained, you know, and it's all kind of that packed, (laughs) packed sand. It's easier to do if you can really see your footprints. If you can't see your footprints, don't worry about it. You'll just have to use your focus a little more, a little bit more. Um, If you don't have clear markers in your arena, like fence posts or something like that, or dressage letters, you can, I'll just, you know, hang a towel, <laughs> hang a towel on the fence or put something on the ground, anything that's a visual marker, but you want to have definitely a center line and two quarter lines. If it's a really wide arena, feel free to add more in that direction. And you definitely want to have, um, I mean, I like to put them at every dressage letter. So, you know, 10 meters apart, you know, you can something like that, you know, in a dressage arena, it's six meters from the corner, then 12, 12, 12, 12 meters, and then six meters again to the far wall. It doesn't matter the number of meters in between. um, But that's sort of nice, because even if you turned at every corner, it's not smaller than, you know, you can't get smaller than like a six meter, you know, turn, a six meter box. Um, So I wouldn't put them every you know, every one meter, (laughs) but something like that. So anyway, have your markers. And when you first go into the arena, like set the intention that from the minute you walk in that arena, you are on the grid. And picture that those grid lines are like train tracks, right? They are not negotiable. Train tracks don't wiggle. They don't bend. They don't slide. They don't drift. So you've got to really stand outside the arena before you go in and make the commitment. I'm doing the grid. (laughs) And from the moment I step foot in the arena, I have to be on a line. 
And I have to, that line has to be a line that goes from a point to a point. No drifting, no wandering, no wiggling. <laughs> That's the goal. You're going to be committed to being there. And so once you set foot in that arena, everywhere you go is on that line. And so um, this is where, you know, it can, it can feel like it's a limit, right? You can be like, oh my gosh, this is pretty limiting. Karen's not going to let me drift. You can't like drift off the line at all. But just like in um, many ways, what limits you will end up expanding you, right? So this is very common um, when learning music or when doing artwork, you know, you'll be limited in some way. You know, when I would do art classes, it's like, okay, you can only use cross hatching. <laughs> you can only use little dots. You have to do it upside down. Like there's always some limit put on you and that will build a skill. So think of this exercise in that way. It's a limit, but oh, it will really expand your skills. I promise you, if you do it committed to doing it. Uh, so, <laughs> so once you go in, this is the instructions I give myself. This is, you know, where I do it for students. And again, you can do the entire ride like this. So when you have that grid, you can be aware that there's an easy way to negotiate the grid. And then there's a hard way, right? So you can go in and just walk around the entire arena, just going to the end of the long side, stop, make some sort of move to turn the corner it can be just a regular um, tight square turn. It can be a turn by moving the forehand. It can be a turn by focusing on the hind end, stepping under. I don't care, just as long as you know. And you can go around the whole arena, um, very long lines, infrequent corners, go down the whole center line or go down the whole quarter line. Um, and you can be walking through all the intersections. So even if you decide to trot, you can trot long straight lines and then go down a gate to a walk before you negotiate the corner. So you can make it super easy. You can also make it super challenging. So picture you're on this grid and you're doing a bot. You end up doing a box where you at every intersection, you're, um, you're yielding the forehand around the turn and you're cantering, right? So picture you're an upper level, you have an upper level horse and you can do collection and you're basically doing a box, a 10 meter box um, with quarter pirouettes in every corner, right? So this is very, very flexible. I've done this with baby horses. I've done it with upper level horses. The thing you want to, um, that right away you're going to see the need to, well, number one, be aware of where you are in space, <laughs> right? So you have to be aware of where you are in space and you have to think ahead. So you might be thinking, okay, well, what if I'm trying to do the center line and my horse is, starts to drift? Well, think of what you would do if, if those train tracks that make up the grid were like raised a hundred feet in the air. So 
probably you've seen these crazy like old fashioned bridges where it's just just the train tracks and they're like way up in the air over this canyon or something. <laughs> and it's like just room for the train tracks. And anything to the right or the left is just straight down. So that's how you want to picture the train tracks. So if you were riding your horse in that situation, you were up on that bridge and you felt your horse start to drift off the train tracks, what would you do? <laughs> well, you would probably either stop, right? Uh oh, stop. <laughs> Let's then move back. So we're lined up or you just get that adjustment done really efficiently, really quickly. So you've got to be super aware of where you are and at the same time, think ahead. So that's a right there is an amazing skill to practice. Be totally here of where you are in the moment. And then part of your brain is thinking, but, and what am I going to do when I get up there? And the other part of your brain that has to be working is the strategy part, right? So what's happening now? What am I, what am I going to do when I get up to a certain, you know, there's an intersection coming up, what am I going to do at it? And then what would be a strategic, what would be a good thing to do strategically? Right? So, um, so for example, if, if my horse was getting really impulsive and was rushing a lot, then I might not strategically plan on cantering down the center line. I might strategically say, you know, I'm going to trot 10 meters and then I'm going to halt, I'm going to back up, and then I'm going to walk and do a square turn around the corner, and then I'm going to trot a few steps. And then at the very next intersection, if he's rushing, as soon as I feel him rush, then the next intersection, I'm going to stop, I'm going to back up, I'm going to do square turn, and then I'm going to trot again. Because strategically, that would help my horse balance out. So just like I mentioned earlier with anticipation, whatever your horse is anticipating, start to get used to doing the opposite. So if my horse is just going, I'm going to plow right through five intersections, <laughs> you know, like he's asleep at the wheel and just going, then you, I wouldn't strategically say, oh, well, let me just you know, canter down the whole center line, and then I'll canter down the quarter line, then I'll canter down the long side, they're going to just keep cantering these straight lines, wishing my horse wasn't impulsive, right? So I'm going to notice what's happening underneath me. Oh, my horse is speeding up. I'm going to notice what's coming ahead. Oh, I see the next intersection. And then there's a strategy piece in my brain going, what would be a good thing to ask my horse to do in that intersection, so that he ends up achieving balance? Right, So the goal is to have that really nice balanced horse who's nimble and, you know, ready to do whatever I ask him to do. And the nice thing about this exercise too, one of the many nice things, is that you really can measure your results. I mean, there's going to be no doubt about whether it's working or not, right? So, so many times taking dressage lessons, you know, students are going around going, is he round enough? Is this the right bend? How many, do I have the right number of tracks in my shoulder? And like, here's an exercise you can do all by yourself and you'll know if it's working or not. Because if you stand back and look at your footprints and you can't see the grid, <laughs> like, oh boy, well, that didn't work. 
And, you know, every single um, intersection is a decision point. So the, the, another cool thing about this, so like, even if you're doing long lines, so let's say you're picking to go down the center line at the trot. Let's say things feel really nice. So you're go, you're heading down center line. You did a little turn. You're on center line. Even if your plan is to go all the way down center line for whatever reason, I still want to tempt you to think about each intersection. That's how you get the most power out of this exercise. Not just to say, and now I'm going to go down center line. You, you go down center line by making a turn onto the center line. And at the very next intersection, you go, how does it feel now? Am I going to continue because everything feels really good? Or am I going to challenge my horse perhaps with something opposite from what he's thinking? So if he's hanging back, I might see if I can go up a gate. If he's drifting left, I might turn right, right? Or if everything feels perfect, then I'm going to go and... I'm going to continue. And as soon as I just make that decision, I'm looking at the next intersection. I'm going, how am I now? There's the intersection. What do I need to do strategically? Oh, he still feels fine. All right, I'm going to continue on through this intersection. And then immediately after I go through that intersection, how does he feel now? There's another intersection in 10, 10 or 12 more meters. What am I going to do? Oh, he still feels good. I'm going to keep going. How does he feel right now? There's another intersection. Oh, he's starting to speed up this intersection. I'm going to halt. I'm going to back up and then I'm going to walk forward and do a square turn to the left or continue on center line. So even if you're, you might end up going down center line, but it, it will help you practice noticing and thinking about how are things now and how about now? And how about now? <laughs> and how about now? So there's these, every intersection is a decision point. So when you're doing this exercise, you've got to really do it. You, you can't sort of ride on the grid. There's no way to sort of do this exercise. And that's why I suggest uh, setting it up ahead of time, put your markers down ahead of time if you need to. And then when you're there with your horse, stand outside the arena for a moment, take a breath and just say, I'm doing the grid, <laughs> you know, from the first footprint in that arena. And then if you start to get fuzzy or if things aren't working out quite as well as you had hoped, or it feels like it's not working with your horse, stop, stop somewhere in the arena on a line or wiggle yourself through the, through the grid, go out of the arena again, stop, have a little think and see how you can change your strategy. I don't think I've ever had this exercise not work. I mean, the, the only time it won't work is if you just have so little steering and so little communication that you're just not ready for it or the horse isn't ready for it, or the horse is just too emotional in that moment to even think about stuff like that. But um, even the most basic horse, even the most baby, baby horse can do this exercise. And it's really, it can be actually very um, comforting to the horse because it's so, um, it can be methodical. Now, 
things that I've noticed happening when I when I set students loose to do this exercise, <laughs> I've noticed that some students will tend to keep it so easy that they never really challenge the horse and they never um, it never turns into an exercise that creates um, progression or development. They just keep doing the easy things. So if the turns to the right are the easy ones, they just keep turning right. <laughs> if it's easiest at the walk, they just keep doing that. And they kind of get into a mindset of, well, I'm not going to ask my horse to turn the other direction because it's, we don't turn very well that way. And so I'm going to go off the grid. And instead of thinking that, then I would think, huh, wow, I noticed my turns to the left are super crisp and clear, and I can turn and then straighten and I stay on the line, but my turns to the right drift a little bit. That means I need to practice my turns to the right more. And I'm going to practice them consistently until they get better, and then I'm going to thank my horse very much for that progress, and then I'll try it again, and I can keep going until my footprints to the right look the same as my footprints to the left. So use it to notice what's not working and see if you can use it to improve what's difficult. Now, other students have, they get all excited with the grid and I give them all the instructions and they go in there. And next thing I know, they're trying to like make the, the 10 meter square turns at the canter. And, you know, it's like, well, that worked. Let's try a hard thing. Oh, that wasn't too bad. Let's make it even harder. And like, oh my God, this is really hard. Let's try that. And they're kind of bombing all over the place. And it's looking like everything is, um, every choice they make is like tricking their horse. So they're making it so hard that the horse is like, oh my God, I didn't see that coming. I didn't see that coming. And I was just thinking we're going to go this way. And holy <laughs> blank you know, now you're flinging me over this direction. So if you, you could do it in a way that makes the horse go not want to go in the arena again, because they're just, it's being, they're being tricked. They're being thrown off balance all the time. So just kind of notice, um, especially the first time you do it, you know, notice what your tendencies are. And I always recommend starting with, you know, starting with doing things, slowly and easily and build your confidence and get the idea and make sure you have some things that are working that you can play with. And then you can start challenging it by um, making um, more frequent changes at or making changes more frequently, like at every intersection, right? So um, if you did something at every single intersection, that would be more physically and mentally demanding um, than just um, continuing on, you know. So every horse is different, though, in how you, how you use it. So I think notice, you know, get the idea, make the commitment, go in and play with it, but definitely have moments where you stop, step off of the grid, and just kind of process it a little bit. How How was that working? What was what was working, what wasn't working, what improved, what, you know, how was your horse reacting to this? Was he getting more confident or was he getting more nervous? You know, what were your tendencies? Were you trying to find, you know, the fanciest ways to get through the grid or are you being like super methodical and you found yourself just doing the same old pattern each time? 
Doing this grid exercise allows you to make precise, strategic decisions about where you go. So the goal is to cause your horse to become tuned in and engaged and nimble and balanced and patient and aligned and a whole bunch of other positive qualities. And for that to happen, you're going to need to be aware, thinking ahead, tuned in, balanced, clear, calm, and a bunch of other positive things. So remember, if your horse is getting impulsive, you can make more fre- more frequent turns and transitions. If your horse is leaning one way, you can go the other way. You can e- use easier lines to build confidence or give relief. And you can increase the challenge of the lines and the turns to build engagement or gain attention. Hey everyone, a quick message to let you know about a really exciting limited time opportunity for learning at no extra cost. So now you've heard me rave about the video classroom. It's my video training library, and it's where you go to see this podcast in action with videos on pretty much everything that I teach. But for May, June, and July, we are going to be doing extra monthly live Q&A calls and anyone who's in the classroom gets to attend at no extra cost. We've never offered this before, so it's a pretty cool opportunity. So this is such a great time to be able to speak with a real person, to get your questions answered, either about a particular video that you watched or a challenge that you're having with your horse. Now the video classroom, I think, is always the best deal. And for May, June, and July, it is going to be amazing. So go to dressagenaturally.net slash classroom and start your subscription today. There's always a one-week free trial to check it out. Again, dressagenaturally.net slash classroom. Okay, now back to the pod. Now, another fun way to use this grid, once you get the idea, is to get some friends together and do this. So some of you might ride in places where there's more than one person riding at the same time. Um, If you have a couple friends, you can decide to do this together. And this is actually super, super fun, next level stuff. And you can do it with a mixture of um, upper level and lower level horses. It really doesn't matter. It's all about staying focused on where you are, planning ahead, and being strategic. So when I do this at uh, clinics where I have the whole group riding, uh, it starts like this. So I'll have the grid set up, you know, there's markers, and we determine where the lines are. And I'll usually get one person in there, and the first person's job is to establish the footprint. So I'll usually start with someone who's got a good chance of putting the footprints in the right place. And then I add, once they get going, I add another person. And once they step on, now they're on the grid also. So now not only do you have to think about your own horse and where you are and what's coming up next and what are you going to do, but you have to have this other awareness in your periphery of where this other person is, right? So then we get another person on and then we keep adding people. So I've had I've had eight people for sure on a grid inside a dressage arena. I may have even had more than that a couple times if I was feeling like amusing myself. (laughs) But um, 
you can get like eight people, you know, picture eight people on the grid inside of a dressage arena, walking, trotting, and cantering. So it ends up being kind of like a Pac-Man game. Do they still have Pac-Man games? I'm sure Pac-Man still exists. Anyway, you get the idea, right? There's all these little lanes and you got to like move the man up or down or backwards or sideways, but you have to stay in the little tracks. And it's super, super fun. And just you, again, the planning ahead comes because if, if you can't pass, there's no room to pass. You can't pass anybody on the line and you can't turn when you're not at an intersection. So super, super fun and uh, recommend it. Even if you just have one other person, it can make it really, really fun. And plus, if you bring them in on it, then they don't mess up the nice lines you just made in the ground. Um, again, it's, it's a game I'll play with myself just just for fun. It's just a challenge. Like, okay, it's grid day. <laughs> and then if it's grid day, then every single horse that I do in, in that arena, I will use the grid. So... I hope you play with this. Now, some of you might be wondering about things like circles and diagonals. Um, you can, I mean, make it your own. You can add circles and diagonals if you want. I tend to stick with just the grid until you really get the idea. If for no other reason, it keeps the arena footprints really clear. Super easy to see them. Um, you can add circles. You can even make your own rules of there's this many grids and then there's, you know, a 10 meter figure eight here. I just find that when you add the circles, it starts to muddy, muddy the lines, muddy the footprints. Um, so I'll tend to stick with straight lines. You know, if you're going to add something, I'd say add the diagonal if you want. But again, you'll see that the diagonal kind of will cross through some other intersections that makes things a little more complicated. In the end, you can do whatever you want. And think of a dressage test, right? A dressage test is a grid, right? It's on this grid line and it has straight lines, circles, corners. It has all these things. So once you get the hang of riding on the square grid lines, you'll then go back and ride circles after riding the grid and if you know your your markers, you know where you're supposed to end up with those circles, it's going to feel completely different because you're going to have those checkpoints on the quarters, quarter, you know, every quarter of the circle, you're going to know where you are. Am I here? What do I need to do? And it's, I think it's going to really change how you ride. So this feeling that you get when you have a successful grid exercise and the, the possibilities are pretty limitless with the grid exercise as far as how you use it with each horse, what you do, how basic, how advanced you can start to add lateral work on the lines if you really want. But again, start simple and see how precise, how strategic, how successful. So can you, first of all, can you do it? Can you navigate your entire ride on the grid? And sometimes you're going to make decisions like, I can't canter because I know if I canter, I'm going to go off the grid. That's a really good awareness. That's a really good measurable data point. 
So then as you school and progress, you might be a month from now, you might be like, oh my gosh, I think I can, I think I can do the grid at the canter. <laughs> or like, when are you going to canter? How many strides are you going to canter for? Which part of the grid are you going to canter on so that you could be successful? I tell people, start sprinkling it in. See if you can be on the grid and look for opportunities to sprinkle in the canter. So that might just be a few strides here and there. Anyway, give this a try and see what will develop when you give yourself this supposed limit. This is a limit that will expand you. And once you get the hang of it, you can make it as advanced as you want. The sky's the limit. If this episode resonates with you, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. Training horses is a long game. The more you listen, the more pieces of the puzzle you'll have. To see all your learning resources, visit dressagenaturally.net. That's where you'll find free videos, online courses, my book. You can sign up for my Wednesday Wisdom email or even book a private consult. Most of all, remember, you got this. Never underestimate the possibility for things to improve in ways you cannot yet imagine. Till next time, love your horse, move in harmony, and enjoy the process. 